Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Paul Nichols. I was doing some math before we did this call. I think we've been trying to work this out for about a year and a half. Is that some right? <laughs> to, to get you on this call. Uh, <laughs> so we kept it. So um, a little bit of background about Paul. So um, I usually don't give a lot of intros, but um, I, I, just the story is so good. So when we first, uh, I'd only lived in my place for probably maybe, maybe three quarters of a year and a year or so. And I had like a road hockey game going on. And I think it was like March break, I think. And um, we're playing at the top of the hill and I got my friend over who uh, he's from Paris and he's like babysitting a bunch of other kids because he's on like a le- maternity leave. So we got all this road hockey game going and uh, uh, Paul's wife, I don't know if we're going to do drop names, but Robin, Robin comes up the hill. I didn't know Robin, never met Robin in my life. And she comes up and her, your daughter was like kind of shy. I wanted to see everybody, but there was a lot of boys. Right. And um, anyway, they're at that age where they're like, they're kind of shy about it. So they come up the hill and she's on her bike and we're just sitting there. Uh, I start chit-chatting with Robin and uh, um, she's like, you know, everything, anytime you ever talk to me, it always turns to real estate eventually. Um, and so it says about real estate and she's like, Oh yeah, well, well, Paul, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, He's look. He used to do some investing in Cleveland and all this other stuff, and he does these renovations in in Kitchener. And um, like he's been thinking about making a podcast. And I'm like, oh, really? What's the podcast about? Oh, about how to invest in the U.S. And I was like, no way, freaking <laughs> <you> kidding me. <laughs> like, and so Paul like lived like four houses away from me, and you're like, you know, like what's a small world, right? Like, like uh, it's such a crazy world. So obviously, um. Whenever I, I came in, I ran in the house. I told my wife, I'm like, Heather, there's the, the new people at the bottom of the hill. They do real estate. And she's like, awesome. She's like, and they do it in the US. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, it's going to, this is going to spread. Uh, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad news. Uh, but anyway, yeah. um, that's my intro to Paul. Um, Paul, you want to give everyone maybe your intro to, to, to what you do? What like, uh, And then we'll, we'll get into the story a bit. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for that intro. That was good. Uh, yeah, that was funny, man. And what are the odds, right? It's such a weird, um, I don't know, serendipity, I guess you'd call it or whatever, but, yeah. um, yeah. And she didn't know that you were doing that at all. Right. That like had no idea. Cause we hadn't really met a lot of people yet. And, yeah. um, so, uh, but yeah, we had just been talking about that. So that's really funny. Um, so yeah, I've, um, I've been kind of an entrepreneur. I've been into a couple of different things. It's always been more tradesy. Um, I had a furniture business, custom furniture business when I was younger. Um, and then when I, uh, I always had this sense that I wanted to be in real estate. I was into the big, into the Tony Robbins stuff and the rich dad, poor dad stuff. And the, you know, all the stuff that goes, you know, all those guys. Um, so I actually ended up um, going to a uh, real estate seminar in Toronto and Tony Robbins was there and uh pitbull like the uh oh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was kind of random but fun but he's like a kind of an investor and stuff and in, in quite a bit of different things so uh he was there as an entertainer but also as an investor so he did like this interview and then he put on this big show uh which was really awkward because there's all these like people in suits all these stiff you know real real estate people like <laughs> and pitbull's there like you know the lights yeah, went yeah. To the club for a minute 
my uh, my wife was with me at the time. She got real sick uh, right during that uh, Tony Robbins um, thing. So then we had to leave. But it was really cool to see him nonetheless. But um, I digress. But anyway, so at that real estate seminar, uh, you know how it goes. They sell you all these or they try to get you to sign up for different courses and things like that. And I ended up signing up for um, there was two options I was looking at. One of them was tax liens. Yeah, uh, investing, and the other one was uh, wholesaling, I believe. Yep. Um, and both of those were sort of pitched as like you don't need a lot of capital, you don't need a lot of um credit, this and that, and uh, you don't. So all of that seemed appealing. So we're like, all right. So we jumped right in and did that and started going down that rabbit hole. Was it both, uh, or did you have to do one about tax liens or one about wholesaling, yeah, or was it both tax liens? Yeah, you didn't have to do both. I just uh, okay. So you did tax liens. Okay, cool. Yeah. So went back for another uh, very in-depth uh, seminar on tax lien investing. That was a three-day, but it was pretty intensive, long days, uh, but really fun and really interesting. Totally opened my eyes to tax lien investing. I didn't even know, I'd never really heard of it before then. Uh, I think they do a little bit of it in Canada, maybe out in British Columbia from what I've heard back then, but I don't mm -hmm. know. If <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so signed up for that seminar, started investing in some tax liens. They had this sort of... Um, portal that allowed you to sort of buy tax liens from them that are that had already been sort of pre-filtered and somewhat pre-qualified uh i say that term very loosely but um yeah. and they obviously made a little cut but there was it was a pretty decent system so started buying some of those started doing some of that um the returns were pretty good they were advertised as around 18 percent, i believe in most states or in some of the states that we were getting the tax liens from so pretty good return yeah um, and um then I went to another seminar in Florida, and this is where things got a little crazy because we went to this detailed seminar. It was like a mentorship program, which was really cool because we had met some people along the way, and some of them were going to be in Florida at this mentorship program. So we signed up for one of those, and uh, I you know, got a lot out of that, which was awesome. But at that time, we bought some taxings that were uh, essentially had... Uh, expired and instead of them letting them expire they went through the foreclosure process and uh, within this company had kind of lawyers do that and so ended up acquiring these properties so basically these were properties good to go um, and um, so we were already kind of looking at some of these properties about buying something because we we're like damn that's so cheap like you can get a, a duplex for 20 grand in Cleveland, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, totally. We, we don't know what the inside's like, but they're, yeah, it's, it's standing there. It's, you know, Google map it, right? So we were already kind of like interested in that. <clears throat> um, and so we ended up buying one, uh, kind of sight unseen. We were in Florida, the place was in Cleveland and we bought one there from, from the company. Yeah. Uh, actually... Did we buy two? No, we yeah, we bought one uh, that was already completely foreclosed. So we just a clear title for the property. Nice. And then we bought another tax lien from them that was like very close to being completed in the foreclosure process. So, or that, so they said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's more to that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can talk about that another time maybe. Uh, so, anyway, so we got this property, we're all excited and we're doing the math. We're like, okay, that's only a six hour drive. I already had a renovation background and stuff and construction. So we're like, you know, if it needs a bit of bit of fixing up, you know, I could go there on the weekend or whatever, and we'll spend some time. So we were pretty naive, right? Um, so we went, uh, we went down. Me and my a friend of mine went down first, and uh, the place was boarded up. There wasn't, there wasn't 
a single copper fitting in the entire property. All of it had been removed. Um, the electrical was pretty much like not there either. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, there had been a fire in the main floor intentionally made. You could tell because they were burning little paint rollers and things that just to stay warm. So somebody had been squatting in there, made a fire in the living room, which of course made everything black. The yeah. floor in very bad condition. So all in all, it was a it was a real nightmare of an interior of the house. Um, so, but we rolled with it. We we're like, all right, whatever. We only paid, I don't know what it was, like 12 grand or something ridiculous for it. And it was a, it was a huge house. It was kind of a beautiful house, actually. Yep. Uh, it was on Martin Luther King Drive, which is in every city is like the, the not, not the greatest, but you know, <laughs> a busy street sometimes or whatever. So this, it was on a fairly busy street, but in a nice, like, I won't say nice, but it was, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we rolled with it. We ended up fixing up the complete thing. It was a, it was a two level, two apartments. So like the main floor had two bedrooms and a bathroom and a kitchen. Uh, and then the upstairs was an identical layout um, and then stairway in between and stuff. Cool. So we set it up as a, an Airbnb. We fixed up the entire thing, um, you know, with many, many weekends. I, I say that loosely. It was like more like weeks. But there was times where I'd go a week or two at a time and just stay there and work. And I know I'm not really supposed to do that. So hopefully not, too, you know, too many people are listening to that. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, but we didn't do like, I should should clarify, I guess. We we didn't do, I say I did a lot of work. We, we hired a lot of local trades. So obviously yeah. like plumbing, the electrical, the furnaces, the uh, the roof we did. Um, we did a lot, of, a lot of that. So we, you know, I did some flooring, some trim, some paint, this and that. We hired a guy to do a bunch of plaster and painting and stuff. Um, and at the end of it, uh, I can share some, some pictures at some point, but, sure. um, it turned out like a really nice two bedroom or two, uh, two bedroom duplex, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Um, uh, we Airbnb it, we put laundry in the basement. Um, and all said and done, we were making pretty good money on the Airbnb. The only issue we were having is every now and then somebody would check into the Airbnb in Cleveland and they would be from somewhere that is not Cleveland and not had never experienced a place like Cleveland or Detroit or whatever, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so a bit antsy or nervous or they didn't love the neighborhood or they didn't feel safe, which I totally understand because when I first started hanging out in Cleveland and working there, I was, I could see, I could see how that would be a bit of a shock, right? It's a bit of a culture shock for people. Yeah. Um, so every now and then I would get like a not so great review or somebody that would just get there and be like, uh, -uh I'm not, I'm not even getting out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it really wasn't that bad. It was, it was a pretty nice neighborhood. Everybody was super watchful as they often are in those kind yeah. of neighborhoods. So uh, I had this old lady live next door that would call me anytime, anything, the garbage can was, <laughs> you know, she, she, she really watched. So, <laughs> so that's kind of how I got into it. And um started buying more properties in Cleveland, started Airbnb them. Um, we didn't do a ton of them. I should, we did um, another duplex like that. And then we did another triplex actually, which was basically a duplex, but then we put a little loft in the top floor where the attic was, which was a really cool little loft. So, And then did you Airbnb all of these? Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up 
on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we had quite a few um, doors, I guess you call it, at the same time on Airbnb, which ended up becoming very uh, like a job. It was like you constantly had to be managing check-ins and stuff like that. And so I didn't really have a good system in place to manage all that. So I was doing it myself. So, um, you know, we made, we made a lot of money, but it was, it was, there was work to it for sure. Like managing check-ins and making sure that the cleaners are there and maintenance issues as, as usual, right? Like it's an old house. It was, you know, you gotta, we had a maintenance guy there. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was cool. So how did this, how does the story continue? Did you end up, uh, you still have these? Do you sell these? How did this, how did this quarter sort of wrap up? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, um, while I was doing a lot of the work in the U S on these properties, I'd be visiting almost every weekend, sometimes a week or two at a time or longer, um, just kind of overseeing the projects and stuff. Right. And, um, uh, while I was doing that, I'll get a little personal here is, uh, my, my wife at the time and I, we ended up getting divorced, uh, or splitting up and, um, which led to a divorce. And, uh, so what we did was we, to make things, what we thought was easier at the time, we, uh, she ended up taking over a company that I had in Canada, which was, um, my furniture company, my custom furniture business. Yep. She, she already worked within that company and stuff and kind of was enjoying that more. So. Um, and then I took over all the stuff in the U S so it was like, you take that corporation, I'll take the U S corporation and we'll kind of walk, go our separate ways. Yeah. Uh, so, so then I had all these properties going and that was fine. Um, and then at a certain point I started, um, kind of looking into doing flipping, like flipping a property here in, in Canada, yep. which was sort of my, has always been a dream of mine for a long time. And working with my a close friend of mine, who's my, now my realtor, who him and I have done tons of deals here in Canada. Um, but him and I started looking into kind of the options and with uh, started making some good income with my renovation business in Canada. So at a certain point, I kind of had this gut feeling of like, let's just, it's been a good run. Let's sell off all these properties in the States. I'm trying to be more at home with the kids because, you know, at the time I was oh, just yeah. single, right? And, and only seeing the kids half the time. So when I had them, you know, I want to see them. So I just thought, you know, less travel, let's just sell everything off. I can get some, like things are okay right now. I can get some good money for all the properties. And, um, and so that's what I did. I sold them off one by one. Uh, it went very smoothly except for one of them, um, which I'll tell you in a minute, but, uh, sold everything off. And then like literally right after the last one closed, um, maybe two months, six, three months after that, COVID started becoming a thing. And so, the, and then shortly after that, they shut down the borders. So it was good timing for me because I wouldn't have really been able to do much. Yeah, because you were going back and forth all the time to, you know, watch over the shoulders of these contractors. So that would have been, uh, have been tricky to do <laughs> or impossible, yeah. impossible. Yeah. yeah. And mind you, at, by that time, I wasn't really growing anymore. I had enough kind of properties with with the properties that I had I had enough there so it was more just every now and then I go down and check on it and whatever this and that right but um 
yeah, it's uh, it was just good timing. It just felt right. And I was like trying to capitalize on the money that I had there saved up to start flipping here in Canada, which was kind of my dream. So, um, so that's essentially what I did. It, the flipping didn't happen right away. I still had to grow my business in Canada a little bit more and then COVID and stuff. But uh, yeah, we started flipping uh, here and uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you had to do this, this is over again, or maybe even some lessons you learned. Did you have anything that I'm, I'm sure there's some stuff like anytime I talk to anyone who's actually like honest and real, there's always something that, that didn't quite go as well as it could have, or something you wish you knew. Is there any, like, if you're giving anyone any tips or just anything that happened, anything you would, you'd share with somebody? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, where to start? I mean, <laughs> there's not for me personally, but, uh, you know, I guess let me start by saying some of these seminars and courses are amazing and are, they have very valuable content. Some of them have very talented and experienced and real people that can really bring a lot of value to these seminars. Uh, however, I would also caution that some of them are very expensive and and it gets more you get deeper and deeper in this hole and unless you have a lot of funds already even if you do have a lot of funds i would say at a certain point it's like stop stop going to class and just get into it and jump into it and do a deal and 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 even if you lose a bit of money or you didn't make as much profit on that first deal because you had some learning curves at least you're you're getting into it totally um, agree <laughs> totally there's so many people i know that they just they sit on the sidelines and they're waiting for waiting and waiting and they never actually do anything. And even if they would have done a, you know, instead of a home run, a, a double, they could have made some money. They would have learned something, got better and made a triple the next time, you know, kept growing this. And a lot of times they just never do anything. They just sit and analysis. And it's like, it's like, you almost have to expect that you're going to mess things up. It's your first time, especially if it's your first time, you know, even your second time, you might, you know, we're, I'm always looking at ways to improve stuff. Like, you yeah. know, and, um, and so you said you said you were doing tax liens at the start. Um, maybe there's like I, we, maybe there's some people just like heard that that piqued their interest and they're like, so is if you're gonna go if you're gonna tell someone you're just gonna go do tax liens for the first time, like I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and probably say you should probably get some education first. But is this something like that that you know as a Canadian you could just go and buy or like is this, should there be things you should be looking out for or anything about this about doing a tax lien that other people might be interested to know yeah um i i think for most people tax lien investing is something that you're not just going to go out and do without some sort of training or somebody who's kind of taking you under their wing or some sort of training system because it's pretty complicated and there's a lot of nuances especially in different states um, you know, it's different. every state has their own rules and regulations and stuff. So uh, for sure, it's something if you're going to get into it, as with anything, you're probably going to have to set up a solid team of like a good accountant, ideally, probably an accountant who's, you know, versed in both the US and Canada, um, some a lawyer and stuff to set up your, your structures, whatever that is going to be for you, right? It's always different for everybody. So um, those are the obvious ones. But um, it's a pretty interesting thing and it's very, it's not as complicated as it seems at first. Um, you just have to realize that, I mean, the concept is pretty simple. It's like somebody, somebody, I, I essentially like, let's say there's a, a person who has a house and, uh, this is what happens in the U S a lot is they run into health issues or somebody gets sick or lose their job or whatever. Right. And they can't, they can't pay the mortgage for a while or for extended period of time. Because it's like, well, are we going to pay for the meds that keep me alive or am I going to pay for the mortgage, right? And so sometimes they fall behind. And so 
then at a certain point the bank puts a lien on their house and uh or sorry the 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 the, the county puts a lien on the house right if they exactly. stop taxes yeah yeah and so um the county still wants their money because they got to pay the firefighters and build the roads and do all the stuff so they put the lien that they put on the house they allow an investor to buy that lien and then once that lien gets paid back by the by the homeowner ideally yep. uh the investor gets his money back plus a certain percentage so so now the homeowner has to pay their taxes back plus that percentage which adds up which gets them deeper deeper in that hole so unfortunately sometimes people cannot pay the tax liens off and after a certain amount of years it goes to foreclosure and this is how you uh, this is how you end up with a property instead of just a lien that was supposed to be a, a paper investment just turned into a giant house in Cleveland that you didn't really want, right? So right. That's, where the, that's where you really got to look out for the details. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm buying a lien, but what happens if, you know, if this thing cashes out, as, as I'll call it, everybody's got a different term for it, but if this lien expires and you end up having to you'll you're, you'll basically have to go through the foreclosure process which is an, a pretty significant expense and time uh and then eventually get get that property but is it going to be worth it at the end with your lien that you paid for the amount of time you've been waiting for it the legal fees and, and all that stuff and then what's the house that you're going to get at the end who knows right so this is where sometimes if you ideally buy a lien on a on a house that's like a multi-million dollar beautiful mansion in florida and these people just had an oversight of their taxes or they just whatever, it's just been a couple of years and, you know, business is slow and they just don't care, you know, they're going to pay it back. That's a good lien because, you know, you know that you're going to get your money back plus that interest. And if they don't, then you just hit the jackpot. You just got a beautiful mansion in Florida, multi-million mansion for probably a very small lien, right? So yeah. just in the due diligence of looking at the, the property attached to the lien, and that could be done by various ways online but ideally you want some boots on the ground here and there too right so to verify things but um yeah, yeah. so that's kind of um and it might be i'll jump in there like if you this is this is this whole process which paul said like it is different from state to state like um some of them you it'll roll like if the liens will turn into for like you know where you can get the deed for it some of them are completely different systems. The deed system, like after the lien's done, the lien goes to auction for the deed. And some of them, even whenever you get the deed, there's a redemption period, like in Alabama, for instance, there's a redemption period. But even after you get the deed, they could buy back the deed um, based on the, the liens on it, everything, and they could take the property back. So you just got to like, and that's why you do education because it's different from state to state. And that's why it's hard to even say like, this is the process because, you know, Texas, Alabama, Ohio, all different. <laughs> I think they, they would, this all different anyway. Sorry. Um, I was just throwing states out there, Florida or whatever, but um, yeah, but Cleveland uh, is the only one that I ever really got into. Um, and just to kind of simplify it and kind of hone in on an area, it's like, might as well kind of learn one specific area and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah oh, we yeah. ended up paying like 3,500 bucks for this one lien. And it looked like this nice little house on the corner um and then we ended up having to go through that whole foreclosure process which took forever tons of legal fees and stuff but um still ended up working out but it was just a long time and a lot more fees than we initially expected so for sure it's like be cautious with what you're buying it, like especially if it's got the potential to redeem but it, like you said a lot of states may not even it doesn't may not even have that whole system where, where you're right they go to auctions and um yeah. you know, and banks these auctions and, and buy up tons of liens too right 
Oh yeah, they do. And even like, oh, that's another thing. Like some of these states, you can just go buy a single lien and some of them you have to buy a bundle of liens. They won't even sell you one, right? You have to, they make it a, a rich man's game or at least a, not a, not a poor man's game, <laughs> depending where you are. There's definitely some weird monopolies, I think, in that because um, when I was talking to the owner of that company that was doing the tax liens, he was a really interesting guy. He was saying how because they had such a big portfolio that they would get way favorable treatment, maybe even some like first glances at some files and stuff. It's like, but anyways. <laughs> but you're also like a lot of times you're buying these blind, like um, legally, you're not supposed to be looking in the windows or going into the properties like you're breaking and entering if you do. Um, but like, so you're kind of, you never really know what they are. Um, I had, um, a property that I was looking at in, uh, in Huntsville, um, on the South end. And what happened with that is we went and, uh, we, we got, it was on in the foreclosure list and we were looking at it that way. And then we, we couldn't, oh no, we had, we sent the, the foundation guy, well, friend sent the home inspector through first. And then, um, because it was in foreclosure, so we had that ability. And then we sent the, um, the foundation guy because they're like the foundation is wrecked like you need to send a professional i can't give you a good quote i don't really know what what to do on that and this house is like huge like this is like a five thousand square foot adams family house with the two double staircase in the front entrance um like and i was like this is so awesome but it was in foreclosure so it was like a quarter of the price of what the arv should be when you sell it and i was like oh there's so much money to be made here and it's so cool uh, but then we got the, the foundation guy in there and he went and looked in the basement and he's just like, this whole basement is crumbling. They must have poured this in the wet season or something. They like, what we need to do to do this property is lift the house up, tear the foundation and put a new foundation on. So he's cutting all the electrical, all the plumbing, all everything for the whole house. And I'm like, what other the other solution? Like, the other solution is we pour a two foot thick uh, concrete in the basement inside of the other one but we also have to make it lower you're going to lose your basement and we're going to have to put beams across to support the house that's sitting on there to do it and it's not that much cheaper than just picking the whole house up and putting a new foundation anyway and i was like i ended up walking away from it but long story short what happened with that house is it went uh and it went to uh, an auction and it was sold sight unseen and somebody else bought that sight unseen <laughs> and I don't know what happened with it, but probably bankrupt over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they bought it sight unseen. They probably looked at the outside and they're like, "Look at the look at this mansion. It looks awesome. <laughs> We're gonna make yeah. so much money." Guilty of it myself. That first one, we looked at that at that PDF and we're like, "Oh, look at it. It's got good bones." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a, you don't know. And you got to have enough money like to to make sure that you can pull this off, right? Don't be doing putting your last penny in to buy the house because you there you're likely going to need some renovations, right? Like I always say that like, you know, um if you buy a short sale, it's probably in better condition than a foreclosure because the short sale the tenant has, you know, or the, the previous owner or whatever has had time and left and if you do foreclosure, they're kind of forced out of their home and um you might have a little bit more damage and if you buy like a tax lien, uh, or tax deed, you might even have a little bit more damage than the foreclosure, right? But you never know. Sometimes there's there's gems in there. Um, I've had like uh, Casey on the show, and he does them in Indiana or Indiana, and he he gets some gems out of the whole thing. But it's a uh, you got you gotta know what you're doing, uh, or at least yeah. they have the pockets to bail that project out. Yeah, yeah. So so the tax liens is definitely like a a niche kind of cool thing to get into, and I think it's if you're interested in stuff like that and really kind of 
you know, figure that out. I think that it's really cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention to some of you that are listening to your stuff is uh, about just Cleveland and um, just Airbnbs and stuff in general, because um, Cleveland was such a cool city because they have Cleveland Clinic there, which is a humongous, uh, it's one of the, I think it might be the largest, but it's one of the largest medical uh, institutions, I'll call it, in the States. Uh, and they have many, many, many huge buildings all over Cleveland where they have I guess, world-class professional medical people coming to do all kinds of procedures. So what happens is tons of people in the U.S. will travel to Cleveland to get procedures done. And you have doctors and nurses coming to train there and learn stuff. And you so you have all this movement on top of that. Cleveland is a pretty bustling place downtown and stuff as well. Like they got major sports teams and they've got big concerts yep. and things like that. So, um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom and, and no, no. run it's really bouncing back in some areas and it's a really cool uh really cool town actually um but uh it's got its it's got its pockets where it's not you know not so nice and stuff but um what i wanted to say about that is with that airbnb thing is that um that was one thing that we did do our due diligence on a little bit is about cleveland in general before we bought the place and that was one yeah. of the things also discovered was that cleveland clinic and just there was a lot going on um and that's what our our tenants ended up being for the most part was uh, doctors and nurses and people that would stay for extended periods of time, maybe a week or a couple weeks or a month, even um, those were kind of the people we were targeting. So we would set huge discounts for long-term stays, right. but the stays were more expensive. So it ended up working out pretty well. It was less hours and just the right kind of people who just wanted to come home, microwave some food, you know, so, <laughs> whatever. So. No, that's um, awesome. I, I just started getting into Cleveland myself, which was one of those things I wasn't sure if I was going to get into, but I was already in, uh, you know, in Ohio. So I was doing Dayton and Toledo and now we're buying Cleveland as well. So you've been physically at home. Yeah, we went down there in uh, August and we went to some, a real estate meetup and had some drinks and met some contractors and property managers. And then second day we went and toured a bunch of houses saw the projects they're working on you get an idea of how their work is you get to see you know in the mid project that's what i wanted i didn't want to see finished product but we did see one of them that was finished but i i like to see like how it's how it's coming along and you can see how many people are there when you just show up on a, a tuesday <laughs> you know who's actually working right <laughs> which is a whole different thing right but yeah no i only went down I, I don't always go down a lot of times i like I've set up teams without even going there at all. Um, but anytime I do go somewhere, I set up a team. I went to I went on vacation to Kentucky this summer um, to do the caves and stuff. And I set up a team, went and met property managers and contractors <laughs> while I was on vacation because, you know, you know why not? I'm like, maybe there's oh, something here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, um, what was your impression of Cleveland? Did you go like downtown and stuff? Like it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, downtown right? where, where the meetup was, was not far from the, the Brown Stadium. It was past it and around over to the water, right on the water over there. So it was, it was a really nice part of town where we were there. Right. And then uh, um, we were, you know, we went and saw a few different neighborhoods. We didn't go into like proper East Cleveland or anything like that, but we, <laughs> you know, one of my properties was in proper East Cleveland and it was, uh, that was the one that was the worst, the nightmare one. It was uh, yeah. bad. They ended up having like a dog fighting ring or something in the basement. And my realtor went there to, Oh my so God. And she like went to the basement and then she, there's no lights of course. So she stepped oh, no. on the, there was, and she stepped on the no. side. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was, 
Some big company bought it though out of um California. They were buying up tons and tons of properties in East Cleveland. God knows why, but um Yeah. Close, but <laughs> you can find a property manager to manage it who actually is actually good with rough situations and there's money yeah. to be made, but it's uh it's a it's yeah, a tough, it's a tough go. Wild place. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about, you know. But I don't know. Who am I to say? Anyway, before we go to um Cleveland or sorry, uh Paul here is a real handy guy and we didn't even I don't we're not really even talking about you were doing um you do all kinds of stuff in Canada too, right? Um you have KW renovations, you're building tiny homes, I saw. Like you're in, into everything. Like um I was I was actually looking at buying a, a container, like one that was done. And I was I was looking at them on Facebook Marketplace from my backyard because uh, we put a pool in. So I'm like to as a one of the options as a pool house. And then like your listing came up. I was like, oh, it's Paul's. <laughs> you're already friends with this person. But uh yes, yeah, so maybe tell us a little bit about what you do in Canada too. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I have KW renovations. We do residential renovations. We, we, um, we really focus on like basements and bathrooms. We like to do a lot of those, but we do exterior work as well. Like, you know, decks and fences, but, uh, I'd say most you, you, you did my kitchen. You came in and did the, the demo and, the... <laughs> oh, I wasn't even there. I was no, no, um... well, your, your team though, your guys, you weren't there, but your the guys yeah. were there. Your company yeah. was there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, residential renovation stuff in, in Kitchener and Waterloo uh, in Cambridge. But uh, yeah, and then I've started getting into the tiny homes. That's really cool. Uh, like that's just another one of those passion things that I've always kind of thought was so cool and wanted to do. Um, and I had built, partially built one uh, a couple of years ago. So um, started uh, planning out doing um, some of these tiny homes. And we, we, we ended up buying a property up north in Huntsville, uh, just outside of Huntsville, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's a nine it's just over nine acres and it's just all forest but it has a couple of clearings so the the so we built a, a tiny home shipping container and delivered it there and then we put little trails through the property and stuff so uh again airbnb that out um but um yeah we're we're also building those for clients although we haven't had many orders or anything but uh truth be told i've been just been focused uh quite a bit on the renovation side of things we're kind of just locked in on some targets and some goals with that. So just really pushing that. But um, um, it was just more of a fun, you know, project passion thing and uh, trying to make some money with the side. It's never a bad thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're like me. You got a lot of balls in the court and some of them like you're yeah. like really going heavy and some of them you're just, this is a passion product, something I like to do. And yeah, no, anyway, they looked really good. If we, maybe if we send me a link, I'll put it in the show notes of like some of these homes, but they're pretty, pretty sexy little, uh, little uh, containers. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, oh, Paul, pretty close to your house too, built out in Wellesley, Wellesley, Ontario. Oh, you, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You have a shop there, don't you? <laughs> uh, you have to let me know when you're at the shop. I'll swing by. I'll bring some, yeah, some beverages. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Paul, if, uh, if people wanted to, uh, to get a hold of you, they're interested in, you know, uh, KW renovations, they're interested in tiny homes, they're interested in just tax liens or just, you know, I had a question or two. Uh, how do they find you? Yeah. KWrenovations.ca. I, and then, uh, my, my email is, is on there. There's a contact form at the bottom that you can just, that'll go straight to my email as well, but it's, uh, info at KWrenovations.ca. So it's pretty simple. Um, and, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. 
uh lots of value like lots of stuff about tax liens a lot of stuff about, uh, just stories i love stories i love stories <laughs> anyway thanks for coming to the show this is great uh thank you for having me i really appreciate it that was a nice video bye